When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Everybody, welcome to NFL Live. Believe it or not, it's the first day of December. Week 13 is underway. Let's get us started with the Sunday slate. Dan. Well, with the Cowboys winning last night, I want to watch really what becomes another game of the year in Philadelphia and San Francisco. Brock Purdy has played so well ever since they came off of their bye. And this Philadelphia offense has been absolutely clutch when they've needed the most. Can this San Francisco pass rush get after this Philadelphia Eagles offense? Are they going to continue to give Jalen Hurts the opportunity to win games late? This game is going to come down to who has the ball last, and it's going to be an awesome watch. Yeah, I'm really interested in Detroit at the Saints. Jared Goff, guys, had a horrible week. He had six turnovers in basically five days. He had three interceptions against Chicago K-back guys. He had three fumbles against the Packers. You do that against Dennis Allen's defense, you have no chance. So look for Jared Goff to take care of the ball better. And this Detroit Lion pass rush, someone besides Aiden Hutchinson is going to have to step up for them to be successful. Mike, I am excited about this Chiefs-Packers game. I'm really curious. First of all, I'll be there in the balmy 20-degree weather. Hannah, I know you'll point that out. But listen, what I'm excited to see is if this connection with Rasheed Rice can continue. I thought Patrick Mahomes and him really looked like they had the type of chemistry that this team will need if they're going to be, again, championship contenders. Ten targets. Eight of those were catches. Uh, Andy Reid said that it's very Patrick-friendly, the way that Rasheed Rice is playing right now. That is a very good sign for a team who desperately needs that star receiver. I'm excited to see Darlington in a puffer coat. And also, <laughs> uh, the Broncos and the Texans entering Week 13 just outside the playoff picture. Uh, Denver coming to H-Town on that five-game winning streak. They start a critical three-game road trip. C.J. Stroud, he's second in the NFL, over 3,200 passing yards. But Houston has a problem, and that's a kicker. Kaimi Fairbairn is still on IR. Matt Amendola missing that game, tying field goal by inches last week. This is oh. the fan. This is the fan in the year. So year. sad. Okay, so so on we go as we welcome you to NFL Live. Hannah Storm along with Dan Orlovsky, Mike Tannenbaum, and, of course, Jeff Darlington. Where else to begin other than a highly entertaining Thursday night football game? Nary a punt in sight as the Seahawks visited the Cowboys, Geno Smith and company, and Dax house. All right, this is third and eight from their own mm. 27 and DK Metcalf gone. Unbelievable throw by Geno Smith. Perfectly in stride to DK and the Seattle offense that had struggled gets off to an incredibly quick start on that touchdown pass. Yeah, Deron Bland was burned on that one and Prescott finding C.D. Lamb. Look at this leaping reception. Great design, motion, the rhythm of Dak and then the placement to allow C.D. to go up and elevate to go catch
catch it. All right, and meanwhile, final seconds just before the half. It's Metcalf again, his second touchdown of the game, and they go into the locker room with the lead. Yeah, big physical receiver. You put him one by one, slant route touchdown. And then do Bill Belichick's favorite thing. They come out of halftime, and they take on another score here. The Hawks go up 28-20. to That was Smith up the middle himself. But the next possession for the Cowboys, second and goal, it's the pitch to Tony Pollard. Really good drive. Helped by some penalties on Seattle's end, but you fake a little bubble and you kick it out to Tony Pollard. Early fourth, a second and goal for Seattle, and Smith is going to float this one to the end zone for Metcalf, his third of the game. Really nice. Dak Prescott was awesome last night. Geno Smith, for me, was just as impressive. I thought he played absolutely fantastic. Meanwhile, Demarcus Lawrence, he was a game wrecker. And I think he's got the difference in the game. I mean, that fourth down and one stop, if he doesn't make that tackle, that ball might score for Charbonnet. Uh, Prescott's finding his tight ends. Jake Ferguson here. This is the go-ahead TD. Mike T called this a couple weeks ago. Ferguson has come on and become an absolute star at tight end for the Cowboys halfway through this season. Really crazy sequence. This ends the game. Uh, Micah Parsons unblocked. Yeah, he said it was intentional. We meant to do that anyway for the Cowboys. Their 14th win in a row at home. I have the pen, I have the paper, and I'm the one writing. So um, because I'm playing as well as I am now, doesn't mean that I'm going to stop, doesn't mean I'm going to listen to them now. Uh, Appreciate them. But I don't care about their opinions right now any more than I did when they said that, you know, when they're they're calling for my spot. Right. So Dak's performance was so impressive and he is working his way up the MVP discussion. He now has the third best odds uh, behind Hertz and Mahomes. So that's why we're in the Friday film room. Right. You you love this so much. This is what you want to break down right off the bat. Him and Mike McCarthy as dialed and really as spotless as you can play play caller and quarterback wise. So everyone's going to talk about Dak's eyes. Can I move those papers? Oh, yeah, sure. Everyone's going to talk about Dak Prescott's eyes. Well, I want to talk about the different ways he's using his eyes. So first of all, the actual use of his eyes. Seattle's going to line up with two safeties when this ball is going to get just about snapped, okay? And what you're going to see is when the ball gets snapped, they're going to rotate down to one safety. Now, when you have one safety, Adams drops down. Diggs is going to go to the middle of the field. He has seam routes by his two inside guys. Now, landmark for C.D. Lamb matters. C.D. Lamb, top of the screen. He's got to get to the top of the numbers. Why? When you get one safety, you see Dak Prescott holding his eyes here. What he's trying to do is you want to take that safety one way or the other. He's taking him here and then throw that seam opposite where that safety's going. He's using his eyes as a weapon. This is why the landmark for C.D. Lamb matters so much. Bringing this back, you can see there's a separation between the safety and the nickel corner about right now. What matters is the separation because of that landmark as Dak brings his eyes from here to here, resets, because you want to drift him in just to the middle of the field enough. Beautiful use of his eyes, moving that middle field safety to open CeeDee Lamb up. Now he's got to listen to his eyes. You're going to get the motion over to a tight end. We're going to get a two tight end set to the left side of the screen. Now what they're going to run is a very simple concept. It is called stick. We have a flat route and then we have what we call a five yard out route. The read is number one to number two. Now number one is going to be taken away by the corner outside. Number two, Dak Prescott peeks there, it's dead. The, the, The linebacker has matched that tight end. So then you have to trust that the back is going to get over the football for a little bit of a check down, right? Look at Dak. He is already staring at the check down before Dowdle gets out. He's listening to his eyes. Okay, the linebacker took it away, replaced the linebacker with the throw. So uses his eyes as a weapon, number one. Listens to his eyes, number two. Okay, now we want to go to trusting his eyes. You're going to get CeeDee Lamb to go over in motion, and you're trying to get him the football, right? You're trying to create a matchup to get him the ball out in space. You're going to get a go route on the outside. Okay, the go route is going to be essentially 
dead. That's an alert. What you really want is CeeDee Lamb as number one, and then Brandon Cooks coming as number two. That's number one, that's number two. Now you're gonna go, Dak's gonna peek there and he's gonna get off. Well, then you're sitting there, go CeeDee Lamb one. No, 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 he didn't. This is where the trust comes. I'm gonna bring it back to the moment of contact, okay? When CeeDee Lamb gets met by that nickel, he's actually telling the quarterback, hey, I'm not open. I haven't won, I have not separated. You have to trust your eyes and get backside right now. You see how quickly he gets backside to Brandon Cooks? And this is why spacing matters on offense. Cooks has got to do a really good job of staying up the top of the numbers. So when Dak Prescott resets to really number two, see that defender, if he gets too close to him, there's no play. Dak's got great eyes there. He trusts what his eyes are telling him, and the ball comes out to really a backside receiver. So I just loved, you know, everyone's going to say, like, he was great with his eyes, but how? Mm -hmm. He used, one example, he uses his eyes to open CeeDee Lamb. Another example where he listens to his eyes. Like sometimes you force him, listen to what your eyes are telling you, dump the ball off to the back. That's the right decision. And then sometimes you got to trust them. The receiver might come open, but in the timing, you got to trust that that's, your eyes are telling you, no, 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 get off of it. Gets backside to Brandon Cooks. He was, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. I, I love that phrase, listening to your eyes. Yeah. I really like that. And listen, let's go back to those tight ends, right? Because yeah. he's finding them often. Yeah, and, and Hannah, Dan did a great job of breaking down these plays, but to me the key has been – Jake Ferguson, and going back to that first play that Dan broke down, yeah. when Seattle's looking at their game plan, they're right. saying, hey, we can't ignore Jake Ferguson. So not only the plays mm -hmm. he created like in the for a touchdown, but going back to Dan's first breakdown, that safety lean to Ferguson, he created production Correct. for C.D. Lamb. So the spacing of this offense is helped when you can attack the middle of the field. And when you get past the trading deadline, guys, you say, how do we get better? Mm -hmm. The solutions for the Dallas Cowboys are on campus. Luke Schoomaker... Jake Ferguson, they're going to continue to get better, and they will have consequential impact on this offense. The spacing of their offense is so much better than it was in the first. The first month, it was terrible. It's so much better now. Yeah, I mean, they've obviously made adjustments, and he is as comfortable as he has ever yeah. looked, Dak Prescott. All right, so the Cowboys' defense stepped up down the stretch last night, but they did struggle early against Seattle, and this is going to be tough sledding for this unit because look at the gauntlet they have coming up. Very explosive offenses over their final five games. We are talking Philly, Buffalo, oh boy, Miami. We know all about them. <laughs> Detroit, all inside the top ten in the league in scoring offenses this year. Dallas has the second toughest remaining schedule, according to ESPN Analytics. So, do you have, Dan? concerns about Dallas's offense going into this stretch? Offense, no. I, I think their offense Defense. is playing at a good level. Defense, Defense, yes. yes. One, DeMarcus Lawrence was one of the reasons why they won the football game. Two, fourth down stops, mm -hmm. crucial. I would motion the absolute doors off of this defense right now. This defense cannot play at a high level when teams motion on offense, and it was ever so apparent again last night. Two-man surface at the bottom of our screen, hand. Okay, so then we motion to a three-man surface. There's no adjustment by the defense. Now I got three guys into the boundary. No one runs with the motion man. The corner turns his back with the outside release. This is a flat route that goes for 13 yards. Teams are going to continue to challenge this team to communicate on the fly with the motion. That's one example. Second example, you're going to get another motion by this tight end. Now, they're lucky that this is an incompletion. You're going to see these defenders communicate and then run. Look how many guys run with the motion guy. Two guys are going to run with the motion guy. The tight end in the middle of the field on the hash is uncovered, wide open by himself. Geno Smith happens to miss it, but that's another example of it. Again, motion outside, 
inside. Now back outside again. Two defenders are left covering absolutely nobody. DK Metcalf, the primary receiver for Seattle, is uncovered in the slot. Another easy completion that goes for 12 yards. And then the last one, near the goal line. Now, DK Metcalf is gonna be the guy that scores here, but watch, you're gonna get Lockett to cross motion, two-man surface, three-man surface. Again, watch the defenders for Dallas. Tell me who, how many are running with the motion guy. Two, who's uncovered? Jackson Smith and Jigba in the middle of the end zone. Now, again, he could have thrown it to him or DK Metcalf, who he does for a touchdown, but this Dallas defense, look at these numbers, okay? All other plays, if you don't motion on the right side, they're awesome. When you motion at the snap, meaning guy is moving, when the ball's getting snapped, I mean, night. So Dan, I mean, they have the Eagles coming up. I mean, they motion on less plays than any other team Correct. in the NFL. They don't that, have to. That would, They don't have to, yeah. but that would portend well you for would, you would, Dallas, would, maybe. It, but it would be ignorant if you're not Philadelphia to do it a little bit more. A little bit you know, more. You, I mean, right. you're, you have the evidence saying this team struggles with. So they're going to see it. They're, if I know it, Hannah, I always say this. If I know it, they know it. So they are going <laughs> to see it. Dan Quinn's defense will see it a ton for the remainder of this season. And when you look at defending the run, my concern is Marquez Bell. So he went in to replace Leighton Van Der Esch. He's small, he's undersized, and they've done such a great job of rushing the pass or playing with speed, but mm -hmm. if a team's committed to the run, and maybe Nick Sirianni next week will do that, say, hey, we, we could you know, shorten the game and attack them by sure. running the ball, like San Francisco did here, guys. The undersized aspect of their front seven is a concern, so if a team can stay patient running the ball, first of all, you neutralize what they do best, which is rush the passer. Yeah. But I just think the physics of the front seven and the size of it is a big concern, and the interesting variable to me is you got a guy like Shaq Leonard out there who's not the same player, mm -hmm. but visited Dallas, took a visit. So to you the, think they should jump on Shaq Leonard, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Even though, Hannah, he's not the same player, but he's better than Marquez Bell, mm -hmm. at least defending the run with inside the box. Yeah, 28 years old. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to some top NFL storylines as Week 13 continues. Jeff Darlington with the latest. A huge game in Houston. We mentioned it at the top. Texans and Broncos sitting at 8 and 9, respectively, in the AFC. Texans rookie receiver Tank Dell has a calf injury. Uh, Jeff, what's the latest? And a lot of developments this, this afternoon with injuries, starting with Tank Dell. In fact, he says he will be able to play despite that calf injury, causing him to miss a practice this week. He was out there, though. Ultimately feels like it'll be fine. They did plenty of tests. They believe it's a soft tissue injury, but ultimately that he'll be able to play through any pain. So a guy who has set the rookie franchise record for touchdowns this year should be ready to go in what is obviously a very important game. Now we've also got uh, A.J. Dillon is expected to play after being a limited participant doing his groin injury, which is great news because Aaron Jones has been ruled out of this game. Now it is expected that A.J. Dillon will get a real bulk of this game's carries and you can see him here he played very well against the lions he's been dealing with this injury uh, on two other games throughout this season so they feel like he's looking good enough to go out there no injury designation on him at this point take a look at these browns injuries obviously mm. we're keeping a close eye on the quarterback situation with dorian thompson robinson still in concussion protocol joe flacco could be the starting quarterback in this game the team has elevated him to the second spot so if DTR can't go, 
that means that it will likely be Flacco as the starter. Miles Garrett, by the way, dealing with that shoulder injury. Feels like it's a little bit more serious than maybe we initially thought. We'll keep a close eye if he can play through the pain. Well, think Sunday. about that. Flacco, Jeff, would be their fourth different starting quarterback this season right. for Cleveland. All right, much more from Jeff coming up. We're just getting started on NFL Live. A huge game for the Eagles. Looking to cement that spot atop the NFC. Dan is going to break down how Jalen Hurts can get the best of this Niners defense. Also, Lions defensive end Josh Paschal joins the show to Share his story behind my cause, my cleats, and the V Foundation. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We have a debate. This is just chaos. What in the heck do you do? It's the four best teams, period. This team is for real. This is wild. Who's going to play for the national championship? Uh, it's going to be wild. Sunday at noon Eastern on ESPN, the exclusive reveal of the final college football playoff rankings. It's like a game of musical chairs. Uh, we're going to find out the four teams competing for the national championship. As part of the NFL's My Cause, My Cleats initiative this week, players are wearing customized cleats in honor of causes that are important to them. Detroit's Josh Pascal has been a supporter of the V Foundation since he was diagnosed with melanoma while at the University of Kentucky. As a cancer thriver, Josh has continued to highlight the urgent need for cancer research and is doing so this weekend with his custom cleats. We at ESPN are in the middle of V Week when we also support the V Foundation's mission to achieve victory over cancer. You can help support by visiting v.org donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. And now we are so happy to be joined by Josh Pascal. And Josh, you've been so great sharing your story to raise awareness. If you can, take us back to 2018. You had a little spot on the bottom of your foot that was bothering you. What happened? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so starting in 2018, I noticed a small spot at the bottom of my foot that looked like a blood blister. Um, so I found this around January or February and it began to grow and I didn't notice too much, uh, of a difference, but then I went home in May and came back, uh, for summer workouts, of course. And so right before camp started in July, um, I went to a podiatrist because it started to grow a little bit and it had some spots around it. And so they sent me to a podiatrist with, 
massage. Then they sent me to a dermatologist and they took a biopsy of the spot in my foot and the results came back as preliminary results as abnormal cells. And so after that, um, they thought it was enough just to go ahead and take it out so that we can get uh, rid of everything and we can move on and then I'll be ready by the first game. And so after my first surgery, I came in for my follow-up appointment and that's when they told me that the uh, cancer was deeper than what they thought and that it had reached twice the, de uh, the depth that it needed to travel to other parts of my body and that I needed to start um, immunotherapy treatments. And so um, after finding that out, I had about two more surgeries and a year's worth of immunotherapy treatments, and I finished those up in August of 2019. And a recent study has found that black men face an increased risk of dying from melanoma more than any mm -hmm. other racial group. So give us a sense. What you're doing is so important. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with the V Foundation and your mm -hmm. My Cause, My Cleats. Oh, yep. Yeah. So um, with the V Foundation, all of their donations go um, to cancer research and it's all types of cancer research as well and i just think that if you are able to spread awareness about this especially um, to african-american males to black males who may not think that they can have skin cancer um, when they see somebody with a platform like this they'll be able to see oh well maybe i need to go get checked or maybe i need to check this out on my body and things of that sort and i also have my cleat right here um marcus out of miami did a great job in designing these um, it's more of a street art mixed with some pop. And then also I was able to, yep. Also I was able to, this is where my cancer was. Oh, right wow. Here. And perfectly uh, thanks to uh, Sean and David at DTLR, um, the Air Force actually has a hole right at the exact spot where my cancer was. And I was able to put uh, my favorite Bible verse, Colossians 3.23. Um, right where it was at. So it just ended up being the perfect design for a shoe as well. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And I'll tell you, you know, the mm -hmm. bottom of your foot somewhere that you don't even think about looking. I mean, the whole thing is just such a cautionary tale about screening and acting and, and everything uh, that you and your doctors did so well. Um, I want to pivot a little bit before I let you go, because y'all are having a tremendous season, your Lions. Um, you're playing mm -hmm. at New Orleans this weekend. You're coming off that loss on Thanksgiving to the Packers. So What's the key to getting back to the form that you and your teammates have shown and winning eight games in this season? Um, just to get back to being us, you know, we're a hungry team um, who strives off of grit, um, off of toughness. And so we just have to get back to doing that right now. Um, all of the NFC and AFC teams, we're all in a race to improve right now. So that's a big deal for us, uh, being able to finish out this regular season strong and then transition that and having some momentum going into the playoffs. So it's uh, every game, taking it week by week, is the most important game. Well, you mentioned grit and toughness. I know that's a hallmark of your team, but also of you uh, personally to go through everything that you've been through and be so tremendous in sharing your story. We appreciate it, Josh. We with you the best and the Lions as well. Thank you for joining NFL Thank you Live. so much for having me. Boy, how cool is he?
That's yeah, awesome. fantastic. All right, let's talk about this Lions defense for a moment. Um, heading in the right direction before that bye week in week nine, they were holding opposing quarterbacks to the lowest QBR in the NFL over the first eight weeks. But since returning from their bye, Detroit has actually given up an average of 31 points per game in their last three games, and they're allowing an NFL worst 81 QBR. I know they sit atop the division, uh, but what's an area you believe they need to correct here down the stretch, Mike? Hannah, they're pass rush, period, end of story. When you look at sacks per dropback, they're at 5.4%, which is 27th in the league. And you go back a couple of weeks ago, and Montez Sweat got traded, Chase Young got traded, and I was really hoping, because Detroit's such a great story, like, go get a pass rusher, go help Aiden Hutchinson, go help Aline McNeil. Look, they got John Kaminsky, Charles Harris, but to get to where they want to go, beat San Francisco, what Dan broke down before, Dallas's passing offense, they're going to have to rush the passer consistently. They can't do that beyond Aiden Hutchinson. I think it was a missed opportunity right before the trade deadline. Front office guy right there. Wanted them to make a move. Dan, <laughs> uh, what are you seeing? Okay, so first of all, this is a must-win for Detroit yeah. this weekend. Must-win. They're the better football team. Awful, like very difficult environment to go play in. This weekend specifically, it has to come from the interior of their defensive line, attacking New Orleans' interior of their offensive line. It's not a good unit. It has struggled all year. But we also have to live in the world that we're in December. So the people aren't changing. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're not getting anybody else. I don't know if James Houston is going to come back for them. I do know this. There were moments this year, pre-buy, that they weren't terrible at rushing the pasture. I thought Aaron Glenn was way more aggressive and creative with some of his blitz packages, some simulated pressures, some change blitzes, some fire zones. They are who they are. So it's it unless they were going to find somebody that was going to be this premier pass rusher, I think Aaron Glenn needs to roll the dice a little bit in some of the coverage. You know, he comes from that Saints tree. They want to play two safeties. I get all that. You want to commit to coverage. I get all that. I think you got to roll the dice a little bit more, be more aggressive, yeah. and dictate to offenses with some pressures. Well, listen, we are all on the Lions in this one, not surprisingly. Uh, they won five straight games coming off a loss dating back to last season. And boy, did they bounce back, outscoring their opponents by nearly 18 points a game Look in those bounce-back wins. Yeah, that's pretty good. Three-point win, one-point win. That's what she means the Saints will probably Saints win. Saints are a good team, <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right, let's take a look at the fantasy football implications for this game uh, as we check with AI-generated fantasy insights built with IBM Watson X. Alvin Kamara projected to have a high of 20 fantasy points against the Lions, fourth best among running backs this week. It would be his fourth game with at least 20 points this season. All right, coming up, Russ and Denver cooking lately. Can they go down to H-Town and make it six wins in a row? Hear why the guys just might be riding alongside Broncos country this week. I bet maybe not the girl on this set. Ooh. I'm just saying. Home, home cooking. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This week on Sunday NFL Countdown, before their NFC showdown, why revenge in Philly is on the Niners' minds. Playing in the NFC Championship, just one play for all of that to sort of just get taken away. It, it sucked. And before the college football playoff teams are unveiled, how NFL players stay true to their school. Hail to Michigan, the champions of the West. Go Blue! All that, plus Kirk Herbstreet joins us. Sunday NFL Countdown at a special time, tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. This is new to NFL Live from Adam Schefter. Browns quarterback Joe Flacco will start Sunday against the Rams, so that'll be a couple of Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks there. Flacco. The year's 2023, and Flacco and Stafford. I know. Unbelievable, Still going right? at it. Fourth different starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this season. As we get to our top stories, Jeff Darlington is back with us here on NFL Live. And, Jeff, what more can you tell us about the situation with Von Miller? Well, certainly a disturbing situation for one of the NFL's biggest stars, Hannah. Uh, I can tell you that Bills linebacker Von Miller did turn himself in on Thursday after an arrest warrant was issued for allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman. Uh, this stems from a situation with his longtime girlfriend. Glen Heights, Texas Police Department in suburban Dallas did confirm that Miller turned himself in the late afternoon to face a charge of third-degree felony assault of a pregnant woman, which is punishable by two to ten years in prison, and a $10,000 fine, something obviously we will be following very, very closely, Hannah. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. All right, in the meantime, some games to play on Sunday, and if you could update us on the status of some players, starting with the Chargers wide receiver, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, uh, Hannah, had missed a couple of practices this week, which led people to wonder whether he'd be available. He was, though, back out on the practice field again today. That's some good news for a team that obviously needs his star power. The team's uh, arguably his best wide receiver out there. So uh, it looks like there is still a chance that he could play in this game against the Patriots. Devon Achan has been activated, and after not playing last week, he tried to make that return, ultimately came back for one offensive play, and seemingly tweaked that knee that kept him out and landed him on injured reserve. Uh, but ultimately, he is expected to come back. Uh, Raheem Mostert will certainly still be there to carry the load, but ultimately, with Achan back in the mix, certainly exactly what the Dolphins want to see happen down the stretch. Looks like Lane Johnson should be able to play against the 49ers. Uh, he's been able to practice this week fully. He had said that he planned on playing, but there were still some questions about that groin injury, uh, something that ultimately we think he's going to now uh, be able to play through. On the other hand, Fletcher Cox uh, is also dealing with a groin injury of his own. He, though, looks like uh, less of a chance to be able to play. Dallas Goddard uh, is doubtful, according to Adam Schefter here, because of a forearm injury. There was actually some optimism because he was able to return to practice today mm. for the first time since breaking that forearm. So at least maybe looks like down the road here in the short term, they will get Goddard back. But for now, 
as Schefter points out, he is doubtful to play in this game. Well, Jeff, listen, we're really looking forward to seeing you from Lambeau. Um, <laughs> and uh, I hope you have gloves and a hat. If not, you'll just buy it like you did. I will you be bought a coat last week. Accordingly. Yeah. That's <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, uh, back to Jalen Hurts facing that Niners pass rush on Sunday. It's been great this season when the opposing defense uh, defeats its blocks within two and a half seconds, ranking top two in completion rate, yards per attempt, and touchdown passes in that situation. That trade for Chase Young, big boost for that pass rush. That unit ranks third in ESPN's pass rush win rate, which you have to say very, very slowly. Um, that's since week 10 when he made his debut with the team. Dan the man, how do you see Hurts and the Eagles trying to attack that 49ers D? I think the pass game for Philadelphia matches up well with San Francisco's defense. The way to attack San Francisco's defense, ball out to the perimeter, ball out to the perimeter. Mm. And Jalen throws the out route and the slant route really well. If you just go back to Thursday, Thanksgiving night, that's kind of what the model was for Seattle's offense. Now, they just weren't consistent enough with it and deficient enough. But getting the ball and kicking it out to the perimeter, again, San Francisco's defense is very good. The pass rush, Hannah, you just hit on is a big deal. I think Lenore going into the slot has absolutely helped their coverage. But the more that Jalen Hurts can live in that world of slants and outs and slants and outs or stops, and again, that's a big part of Philadelphia's pass game. Playing on time bodes for efficiency, then that pass rush is minimized, and then you know, like the offensive line for Philadelphia has the chance to kind of lean on those pass rushers. Marcus always says they got to earn the right to rush the passer. I think the quick element of the pass game minimizes that. Just thinking back to what he was able to do during that final drop. Absolutely. That was unbelievable. All yeah. right, Mike T. Yeah, and Hannah, to neutralize what Dan's talking about is you devote more to coverage, and how you do that is you only have to rush four. And since they mm-hmm. trade for Chase Young, the 49ers have 10 sacks, only rushing four players. That is remarkable. That's second best in the league. So when you can get there with four, then you can play a lot more in coverage and defend the quick passing game like Dan alluded to, the slants, right. the quick game. So Chase Young's become such a force multiplier. He's made this entire defense better. And what else is really interesting to me is how creative they're getting. They're sliding Nick Bosa into the A-gap, moving Chase Young around. You don't know where to slide protection. And it's helping that secondary of the 49ers. If, if San Francisco is going to line up and just have four guys at the line of scrimmage consistently and try to play with two safeties, this is the moment in game when Jalen Hurts' legs, the designed runs that were a massive part of last year mm-hmm. and have not been this year, I have been under the premise that it's because they have the philosophy of we're only going to do it when we have to. You know, like they know they're good enough. September, October, it's December. And this is basically to lock in a one seed. You know, it, it, so I think that is a – if they're going to line up and play two safeties and they're going to play with four, those four guys mm-hmm. in the line of scrimmage, Jalen Hurts should have eight to ten carries. Right. And Fred Warner, to me, is the one that can neutralize sure, Jalen sure. Hurts running the yeah. ball. Yeah. And, man, you just say, I mean, picking up Young. Last year they pick up CMC. I mean, this is what the Niners do, too. They pick up key players. All right. Uh, we are all on the Niners for this one. Wow, we all are. Okay. Uh, Philly looking to start 11-1 for the second straight season. The only team to do that in back-to-back seasons, the 72 and 73 Dolphins. You forget how good they were that if, next year, right? If, if Philadelphia falls down yeah. and starts slow like they have, this game could get out of hand. You think so? Like, like not even close? Yeah. yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting variable. Philadelphia's defense was on the field for 92 plays against exactly. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if they're going to be able to come out and be at 100 percent. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a after a short week against Kansas City as well. But by the way, then they have to go to Dallas and Dallas will be more well rested for that yeah. game as well. Very interesting. All right. Let's take a look at an ESPN Beth Parlay Plus for this game. OK, Mikey T, uh, starting with Jalen Hurts, uh, over under 241 and a half passing yards. Yeah, I'm going to have to go uh, under on that. I just feel like this is a game where, um, look, we just talked about how good this 49er defense is. and. If they're going to win, I agree with Dan. It's probably going to be more with his feet than with his arm. Hey, look, CMC is popping up here, too, to the other side of the ball, over under 72 and a half rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to go over and really, Hannah, for what we just talked about, I think this Eagle defense has been worn down a little bit. Be it injury or performance, the middle of this defense isn't great. I think getting Kevin Byard's going to help. But Christian McCaffrey, to me, over 100 yards is something that he could do easily over 72 and a half. All right, let's go to wide out. Over under 73 and a half receiving yards for A.J. Brown. I'm just going to go over because it's A.J. Brown, you know. <laughs> and look, I don't know if he'll be matched up on Avery Thomas, but look, A.J. Brown, even if they double him, he is just – Outside of Taylor Kill, to me, the best receiver in the league this year. So, even though I think Hi. it's going to be tough slaying for this Eagle offense, I'm not going against A.J. Brown. He has been held under 70 receiving yards the last three games. Just saying. Okay. But Ooh. listen to Mikey T. Listen to Mikey T. All right. Still to come on NFL Live, it's our locks and keys. What must the Broncos do if they're going to make it six wins in a row when they face the Texans in H-Town on Sunday? the official sportsbook of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. Monday Night Football returns as the Bengals try to hang on to their playoff hopes. They take on the Jags, looking to solidify that spot at the top of the AFC. Jags haven't been on Monday Night Football in 12 years? Crazy. Are you kidding? Unbelievable. That's on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, and Deportes. All right, time now for Week 13 Locks and Keys. We break down Sunday's big games with something that we guarantee will happen. That's our lock and something that we think will play a big role in determining the outcome, which is a key. Pressure's on, Mike T. Oh, I love that music. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we're going to start in H-Town on Sunday. Battle of two teams right outside the AFC playoff picture. The Texans coming off that costly divisional loss to the Jags. Heartbreaker. But they haven't lost consecutive games since starting the season 0-2. Broncos are in a groove. Five straight wins, as you know. And they are embarking on a very critical three-game road trip. Uh, Russ has nine TDs, no picks during the streak. Mikey T, what is the lock for this one? They're going to win the turnover battle. Dan, I'm not nervous. It is a moral lock. You know why? Because during this five-game winning streak, they have created more turnovers than anybody, 15 of them. So that's going to continue. Even though C.J. Stroud, relatively speaking, guys, as a rookie quarterback, has done a good job protecting the ball, give Vance Joseph a ton of credit this turnaround has been premised around taking the ball away. That will continue this week against Houston. All right, Dano, give us a key. The key is going to be Houston's defense on third down, not allowing that stuff mm -hmm. from Russell Wilson. We've exactly. seen really in this five-game win streak, he looked like vintage Russ on third down where he's going, creating plays, 
But Will Anderson Jr., Greener, they're going to have to do a really good job of trying to keep him in the pocket as much as possible, not allow him to go do some of that magic creative stuff that, again, vintage Seattle and new age Russ we've seen on third down. That game comes down to that on third down. Right, they're not asking him to win football games, but on third down, 100%. they are asking him to convert, and he is. Let's look at our picks. I am the only one, of course, taking the Texans. <laughs> Come on, Phil. I know is they there have... Is there, like, how much is that is – Passion and emotion. It is a hundred percent intellect. Okay. All right, all right. Oh, oh, intellect. I got you. I got oh, you. Yeah, that's football knowledge. No, bias. we'll probably carry the day. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Hopefully you're you right will. and save us. All right. Uh, the banged up Cleveland Browns visiting the Rams. The big question going into this last hour was who would start a quarterback. Now we know it's Joe Flacco, their fourth starter this season. Browns have spent the week out west practicing, where actually DTR played his college ball at UCLA. A Rams looking for their first three-game winning streak. Since 2021, that is, of course, the year they won the Super Bowl. Dan, what's the lock for this one? All right, the Rams are my sneaky pick to if they get into the NFC playoffs to make chaos. The lock? Hey. Okay. Stafford's going to throw for 300 yards this week. You know, what? Jeff came on before and Whoa. talked about Miles Garrett. We'll see if he plays. Denzel Ward, we'll see if he plays. Cleveland's defense is absolutely lights out at home. On the road, they're not as dominant. And I think because of the crossing routes and the way that this offense will attack that man coverage unit, they'll get after them. Against that Browns defense? Yeah. Uh, Mike, what's the key? Well, hold on. And, and I wish somebody cared about me as much as Dan cares about Matt Stafford. I just, I it's know. unbelievable. But the, the key is this. Aren't you married? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the key of this is it has to be a low-scoring game. I'm old enough to remember that the Browns actually also had Nick Chubb three quarterbacks ago. Like, right. it's remarkable. Right. They're still in this game, yeah. uh, in, in the playoff contention. So, to me, low-scoring game, that gives them a chance to win. It's just hard to believe that. Joe Flacco is going to come in and be able to score a lot of points. You know, you got to either be a Lions quarterback or a former Lions quarterback to win (laughs) Dan's heart. Okay, let's look at our picks in this one. We are all on the Rams. I'm team Uh, quarterback. Hannah, like the all what? quarterbacks. I suppose. Oh, you all love quarterbacks. all quarterbacks, well, well, but you love the Lions yeah. more. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, Patrick Mahomes, who I'm sure you love as well. Uh, he had some Lambo for the first time in his career, uh, but find out why Dano has love for the Packers quarterback. It's just a division thing. Mike, Mike, is do, this, do, do we need to call Mike's wife? And- Hot no. ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN and the only ticket company where you earn rewards with every purchase. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Mas Fina. Nose in the limelight this weekend against the Chiefs in primetime. It's Jordan Love. Few quarterbacks have thrown downfield as much as Love. He has averaged the fourth most air yards per attempt this season. Over the first eight weeks, he was the worst in the NFL on passes of at least 10 yards downfield with two touchdowns and a league-high eight picks on those throws. But look at this drastic improvement over the Packers' last four games. What has stood out to you, Dano, when you break it down his tape from these recent games? Yeah, how much he's gaining a trust and understanding of who's what on his offense and also his mechanics are better. This is a massive test. This will be the biggest test of his career. We'll see how much he's actually improved. But if you go to last week's game against Detroit, first of all, the big ball to Watson. The very next play, Watson's at the top of the screen. He's running a slant route. 
There's a safety standing right there on about the 10-yard line. For him to throw this ball with that safety there, you have to trust that Watson's going to come flat on that slant route and not into that safety. So getting on the same page, number one. Two, they have figured out ways to use Jaden Reed. They're another rookie receiver. They're using him kind of like San Francisco uses Debo. It's just touches. How many different ways can get, they get him athletically touches? You see the reverse there. And then for Jordan, he has gotten so less bouncy at the top of his drop. There's flex in his lower half. Watch his right leg as he puts his back foot in the ground here. See that does never straightens. It's always in that throwing position. Think of a pitcher getting into the position to drive off the mound. Jordan really struggled. I would say the first four or five weeks this season of getting so bouncy and is almost like his legs would lock out. The accuracy goes to dog trash in those situations. He's been so much more ready and balanced here recently. His feet mechanics have just every week improved for the ready. And Hannah, you know what's interesting to me, so much is made about Jordan Love's development, understandably, but it's the surrounding skill players. You already pointed yeah. out when you talk about Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, and then last year, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, like, you have four key players that are second year or rookies, so they're all growing together, and you can see the continuity and confidence growing. They're mm -hmm. the youngest skilled players of anybody in the NFL at 25.3 uh, years old. So to me, like, they just need time, and Jordan Love's confidence to me is apparent. I expect them to play really well Sunday night well, against Kansas I mean, State. this has all been lovely, uh, no pun intended, but when you look at our picks, we are all on the Chiefs here. Dana, why? I think it's going to be a tremendous game. Um, why? Because Kansas City's defense is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Steve Spagnola, if you went and remember when Jordan played against Kansas City, it was a blitz fest. Now, Jordan's handled the blitz a lot better this year. This is one of the best, best blitzing defenses in the NFL. Out of the respect for that defense in Kansas City, I think that's the difference maker. And I, I like Rasheed Rice continue to emerge as that next element next to Travis Kelsey. So Jair I think, Alexander going to yep. play? Do we know that yet? We, uh, we don't know. that. We do know, though, that there could be some snow. Uh, it's going to be 26 <laughs> degrees. It's also Patrick Mahomes' first ever trip to Lambeau, which oh. is really cool. I think he could ball out really quick. There's a lot on the line this weekend, folks, and it's not playoff positioning. It's between these two. Because you said that Matthew Stafford's going to throw for 300 over 300 yards. yards. Mike, you were appalled, and a bet ensued. What is it? Yep, cauliflower pizza from Spiga of New Canaan to the Orlovskis, <laughs> if that happens, which we know it won't. So I'm looking forward to winning this bet. Yeah. Cauliflower pizza. No disrespect to Spiga, but if you bring cauliflower pizza to my house, it's going directly into the garbage. Oh, oh. come on. We're, and if what, we're eating you... pizza, we're eating pizza. What are you bringing? That, gonna, that's pizza? I'm going to okay. bring the best pizza in our area, Colony. Hot oil and sausage. No, Wait. I want veggies on mine. Wait, here's here's the upset. The guy who doesn't pizza? like condiments actually likes hot oil Oh, I love hot on oil his sausage. Pizza. Why are you eating pizza with vegetables on it? That's Or vegetables in the crust, as in cauliflower. Okay, that was fun. I uh, guys, good luck to both of you. But a real pizza. I'll I, see you Monday night. I think night. I'm coming over either way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim. Everybody enjoy all of football this weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Cauliflower veggies. It's delicious.